This is All the Right Marketing, a publishing podcast by Cardinal Rule Press. Now, here's your host, Maria Desmondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Maria Desmondi, and this is All the Right Marketing. I am your host from Cardinal Rule Press, and you know what we do here. We talk with business owners and industry leaders about marketing their programs and products. Our guests share tips that help anyone who loves books, whether you're a librarian or you're a bookseller, an aspiring writer, an author, an illustrator, a publisher. The truth of the matter here is that the advice coming out of these conversations are for creative marketing across industries. So today we have our guest, Lisa Griffin, and we are thrilled to hear from Lisa. Lisa, welcome. Oh, thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Tell us a little bit about yourself. How do you fit into this wonderful world of publishing? Oh, well, I would say first and foremost, I'm an illustrator. I think of myself as that first because it's what I've done the longest. Um, but I am also an author. I have written two books and my agent is currently pitching another Um so yeah, that's that's the other side of things. But I think first and foremost, I approach books in a very visual manner. Um, so I think my gut reaction is always to say illustrator first, and then the author is kind of like I get timid about that part. <laughs> and what, how? What are? Where did your journey begin, Lisa? Like, if we were to take take it all the way back to, mm-hmm. you know, you were a child. Did you enjoy literacy? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, my mom would probably say that she can recall that I was an author illustrator very early on because I would actually make books for my sister. <laughs> so I, I grew up just always having crayons and pencils. And then when my sister came into the fold, because we were a big book reading family, I apparently took it on myself to create my own stories to then read to my little sister. That is so fun. I yeah. love that. And what about um, um, college or did you, did you go into another industry before going into this field? Um, I, so yes, I've worked in a variety of industries, but I did go to school and, and earn my BFA in visual design and illustration. Um, there weren't a lot of, there weren't a lot of actual publishing or marketing classes. It wasn't very popular for illustrators when, when I was in school, unfortunately. Um, I actually taught, I was an adjunct professor for several years at a community college. And that was one of the big things that I loved about their curriculum. It seems nowadays they're teaching um, artists and graphic designers and illustrators the business side of things, which I think is something that was lacking when I was in school. And then I graduated, (laughs) right. And when I graduated, there was that problem of, you just thought the only way you could really make a living as an illustrator, or when I graduated way back in 1994, um, it was to work for Hallmark Cards who hired a lot of illustrators, um, or you were a freelancer trying to either do editorial um, or break into children's publishing. So thankfully I have a stubborn streak a mile long and I took up a variety of jobs while I was pursuing this, um, this field in this industry, joined SCBWI, which was wonderful, just yeah. insanely helpful. I've met so many wonderful, wonderful people. And um, just, I think that once, once I became part of that program, it really helped foster more of a sense of community and gave me um, it more encouragement. I just think to keep, to keep at it and to keep going until 
you know, it, I broke in. So, and I still feel like there are things I still want to achieve. And thankfully I have that critique group behind me who is so lovely and making sure that I keep moving forward. That's wonderful. And so did you, did you ever make greeting cards? Did you ever illustrate greeting cards? Yes, I do. Uh, not for Hallmark, <laughs> but yes, I actually sell, I've sold and licensed some greeting card designs. I do love, I do love creating for cards. It's, um, I feel like you get the same, uh, there's like creative play in it, I, mm -hmm. I guess. And it's, uh, it almost puts your mind in a different, you know, landscape than children's publishing does. So it's sort of nice as an artist to be able to um, you know, work in a few different industries and just keep those creative juices flowing and your creative mind going in different directions. Absolutely. I, um, I also love, I, for those of you listening, I know, you know, it's when you're listening to a podcast, you really want, like, you're missing out on that visual part. Well, I will tell yeah. you, um, just to describe Lisa's Instagram page, which I really do enjoy, um, very like whimsical and, you you have so many wonderful things on there illustrated and oh, thank you. Um, you can see my screen right Lisa I can and your colorful bookshelf that I'm very envious over <laughs> and this is your illustration isn't it so this that was actually um a draw this in your style are you familiar with those on Instagram they're challenges right yes there are challenges and I'm a big proponent of them because I think if you get stuck or you're just in a rut or you're feeling like you don't know what to draw for that day it's a wonderful exercise so and that was a Charlie Clement Clement yes, right Charlie Clements yep and um I don't typically work in those bold colors I love drawing little humans so that wasn't new to me but I liked her palette so yeah, she usually draws faces of older fashionable women, but I, I love drawing little humans. So I <laughs> broke it down into my version of that. So, oh yeah, I love them. I try to do one a month. I that find them a great really creative cool. exercise. I think that is a good exercise. So now I'm going to be scoping out the other ones that you've done, but I will say, mm -hmm. um, a lot of our books are bold, bright colors. And that one just mm -hmm. really my my eyes and just yes. like little girl with the glasses and yes uh, that's wonderful. it is it's she has such a vibrant palette um and I just love that that's what I mean about the sense of community I think this industry especially if you're freelancing it can be very lonely and I think you really need to you know keep up those relationships and challenge yourself in different ways so if any of your listeners are on Instagram and look up these draw this with your draw this in your style challenges. They're for all levels. So anybody can do it. Have you ever hosted one? I have. Yep. Yes. I try to. Um, so when I say I participate monthly, I try to either host one or do one each month. That is really, really fun. I met a woman mm -hmm. who does um, hand, um, hand stitching and she does oh, a challenge like that every single month. Yep. She creates this mm -hmm. little patch and then at the end of the year, she puts all of them together. So I think that's really neat. Oh, I love that. And like a gallery of work. That's a great idea. A gallery of work. Yes. So you are here um, representing the creative side of things. We, mm -hmm. we oftentimes have authors on here. Um, I interviewed um, an agent, a literary agent earlier today. So I really want to hear the point of view from your perspective um, mm -hmm. in the creative industry. So first of all, um, for those of you listening, 
I know Cardinal Rule Press, we do a lot of work for hire, which means if we bring on an illustrator, um, typically we offer um, a specific contract deal, a specific price, and then that's the end of the deal. Like the, the work is commissioned, um, there are no royalties after that. Um, and, you know, and that just the mentor that I had, that's the way they did things. So we've never kind of gone into um, working with illustrators in other ways. So what do you typically do for your um, illustration work when you are illustrating picture books? So for picture books, I've had a variety of contracts. And um, thankfully, nowadays, my agent handles a lot of the negotiations with Ooh. that. I've, yeah, it's it's just nice. You know, she's fabulous. And um, your agent. Uh, I, I'm with Liza at the um, LRA, Liza Royce Agency in New okay. York. Um, she is just a gem and I feel she compliments me in all the right ways. Love it. Um, so I've worked, I wor have worked for a work for hire contract as well as royalty-based contract with an advance. Typically what first draws me in is story. It, I think I've, you know, I hate to say it, but I've had to turn down stories when I felt I'd read the manuscript and it was just, wasn't clicking. Not that the story wasn't good. It just, uh, from a creative perspective, I was having a very hard time connecting I value to that. it. I think that's wonderful, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, it's not an easy thing to do, you know, when you're approached with a, with a job, you get excited. And most of the, most often you read the manuscript and you connect with it immediately, but it, it, it has happened. And there is that sense of guilt there. You don't want to shut the door on the possibility of a relationship. Um, but then again, you don't want someone's book to suffer because you haven't made that true connection with the story either. So I always like to say story first. And um, if it's there's just something that grabs me and I can picture that character or the, the compositions start popping in my head, I know that that's something I just want to sink my teeth into. That's wonderful. That's really neat. And so my my um, question for you is, and this is really neat because it's an area that I don't know a ton of. Um, because we typically do work for higher contracts, we do mm -hmm. not expect our illustrator to market the book at all. We give copies of the book mm -hmm. to our illustrator. We invite them mm -hmm. to, um, you know, the last few years we've been doing um, virtual book launches. But because mm -hmm. there's not that, um, you know, lifetime investment for them in the book, um, mm -hmm. th there's that disconnect. So tell me a little bit about right. marketing from an illustrator perspective. Sure. Um, yeah, I, the, the pandemic, these past two years have definitely been a challenge. And even in my critique group, you can sense the frustration because I have a few there are a few illust author illustrators in the group and one of which he's just prolific and he loves doing school visits. He's like a walking cartoon. He just has the personality for it and he he just loves being in that environment. So that has been a big setback to um, authors and illustrators because you miss that that connection with, with your audience and with children in particular who you can really get a lot of energy from. Mm -hmm. So Typically, um, I've done book signings like in my local area and at schools. Um, I've gone to book signings at conferences. Uh, it kind of depends on what the publisher is asking too. I, you know, I've had some publishers come out and give me a schedule and say, can you pick, you know, we'd like you to do three visits and, you know, they let me select the days or based on the location or how close it is to my home. 
Um, and then I like doing things um, online through social media. I'll do a giveaway. You can, you know, do a print. I, I work, I call it tradigital because I sketch by hand um, with pencil to rough out ideas and thumbnails, but my artwork is finished digitally. So it's a print, it's not an, an original, but I'll still do that or print out bookmarks or I've done buttons of the character in the books. So again, I think for the books I wrote and illustrated, to be honest, I did a lot more. That was when I did the buttons and a lot of the giveaways because I want to be mindful of the, the author too. And I just completed a book with an author who is in Massachusetts. So it's the next state over from me. So, and that was, she is also with my agent. So we're hoping that maybe once that book, you know, goes live and, and has its book birthday, that maybe we can do some combined event, events. Oh, that would be really So awesome. I try to, yeah, I try to stay open to it. Um, I think it's fun. You're excited when that book comes out and you want to share that excitement. So I like being able to market it in interesting ways. And as an illustrator, I think you, you, you think visually. So you want to come up with fun promotions, coloring pages. That's an easy thing that you can do and that kids can enjoy. I did one of a character. Um, I the books I I was the author illustrated illustrator on were um, about a little gosling named Boom. So mm -hmm. I had done a coloring page, but left a lot of it open so that the child could go in and maybe dress up Boom or put him in their own background or environment. So. I think it really depends on the relationship and how much you, you want to do and, you know, in pushing that book and getting it out into the world. That's really neat. And um, as you were saying that, I, I was really drawn to the tradigital. Is that what you call it? Tradigital? <laughs> yes. Yes. Tradigital. Yeah. I've watched a few of your, um, I guess you would call them not really tutorials, but um, on your Instagram, you'll do a couple videos of you yes. actually illustrating. So what type mm -hmm. of program are you using Procreate or what, what are I you do. on an iPad or tell us a little bit about your materials? I do. Um, I have, I work on a Cintiq, uh, like it's a monitor, but then I also have an iPad Pro that I can travel with, which you know, I, I, it was an investment, but it's was such a good investment because yeah. it just allows me to try to draw on the go. I mean, we picked up my son from upstate New York and on the way back, I was wedged in with all of his stuff. I mean, I had this little tiny seat in the back of the car surrounded by all of his things. And I was just drawing away in the, oh. in the back seat. So, um, yes, I work with procreate, which is a very, um, budget friendly tool if creatives are, are, are looking for that or something to start drawing with on their iPad. It is so robust for such, you know, an inexpensive program and you can get some great, it comes with good brushes, but you can get some great brushes online depending on how you work. And I pretty much just mimic how I work traditionally digitally. And the reason I did this for two reasons, I had, um, a very severe case of carpal tunnel syndrome and I had to have surgery for it. Uh -huh. And it just made me reevaluate how I was working and how to work um, better and how to be able to turn around changes for clients. Um, quickly, more right? quickly, you know, yes. And it definitely, it, it, 
it didn't, it didn't speed up my process as a whole. Uh, it, but in terms of revisions, it helped a whole lot if I didn't have to recreate an entire um, painted composition. Yeah, so, and, you know, yeah. the um, the image that I really enjoyed um, watching you create, it was um, a fox with all these leaves around the fox. Mm -hmm. And it yeah, actually looked like you were filling in with like um, uh, oil pastels and colored mm -hmm. pencils, like those brush strokes. It was amazing. Isn't it phenomenal? I, I think the biggest compliment, I mean, yes, those reels are definitely giving people a peek inside. And I love because it, it begins a conversation. People ask about my process and the brushes that I use. So it's, again, it's a nice way, another nice way to foster relationships and community with other, other folks. Um, but it's, I think the biggest compliment is when someone looks at your work and thinks it was completed traditionally. And I think that's the best compliment I can I can get because it means that I've achieved exactly what I wanted and that's duplicating my traditional technique. Oh, that is really very, very, very cool. And the oh, word that I hear you um, bringing up over and over again is community. And mm -hmm. as an illustrator, I think because Instagram is so visual, it's probably a great mm -hmm. place to connect with other creatives. Are there any mm -hmm. other ways that you are um, connecting online with other illustrators? I would, I, I, I will be honest. <laughs> I was on Facebook for many years. Um, and then I just found it to be, it was just bringing me down for the, the best way to say it. So when I remove myself from that, because I feel as creatives, our mood really affects our work. And I think it has to be important for us to recognize when, um, when we're doing something that's affecting us negatively, whether that's being on social media too much or whether that, you know, the whole comparison syndrome, which social media also can, you know, exaggerate. And for me, I left Facebook and then, which is funny because now they own Instagram and just turned to Instagram and found it to be just a more, um, in my opinion, a more positive place where there were a lot of creatives trying to connect. And um, on my blog, I actually released a class on this too, just explaining to people that um, it should be more about community, especially for creatives to encourage one another and share their process. And be willing to, um, you know, lift others up because it, it can be very lonely. And I think even if you're, some people are nervous to share their process, but I think even if I share my process, the way someone's going to approach it and draw will be different from exactly. how I do it. So, yeah, I guess that's just a big thing to me. I'm, I'm, I tend to be a friendly person. So I think I search out the same people. when I, I use, yeah, when I use social media. Um, and did you say you wrote a blog post about your approach to social media? Is that? Yeah, I started um, a blog, I think right before the pandemic. It actually was right before the pandemic. And because it was a way to just set another good creative habit for me, like in my opinion. And I just tried to do it once a week. Um, so yeah, that was, I, I try to write about tips for creatives, but also I love talking productivity because I think that's another big component that freelancers, whether you're a writer or an illustrator deal with is how to find time to work 
<laughs> and to work better. <laughs> so I like to talk about that on the blog too. Ooh, well, I, I will direct people to the blog and I love hearing productivity tips. So I will yes. specifically look for those because oh, good. I struggle in that area. And I have yeah. found my to-do list has to have blocks of time. And oh yes, I do the same. I have creative blocks. And if I start, like, I'll be honest with the kids coming home from college that you know, that kind of takes my day and turns it on its head. Cause you know, I'm, I want to be around my kids. Like I haven't seen them and I want to spend time with them when we're here, yeah. they're here. And that just skews the creative schedule that I've tailored so well. And then I start feeling like, okay, you, in for me, I am a little type A it, it, when I deviate from that schedule, it seems like it just starts to, to snowball. And then as soon as I get back to it, it just, it calms me. <laughs> I get more done. I can get more done in less time. And I think that's the, the big thing with productivity that in, especially for in, in freelancer, you know, you, your clients are depending on you that you're going to meet those deadlines. And then when you don't have a deadline, you need to set them personal deadlines for yourself, whether that's mm -hmm. writing, whether that's creating promotions or, you know, marketing or building your portfolio. So having those time blocks, just like you said, are really helped me get through those things effectively. Those transitions. And I have a girlfriend who's a teacher and she said, we need a support group for, for parents for the summertime. Yes. You know, the kids yes. are home and everything changes. Yes. And, um, it is so hard. And I mean, I know that my children, they're, they're older, um, but I've always worked from home. So that's a few things that I've had people say to me, well, it's easier for you now. Your kids are older. I'm like, ah, you know, I went through it. I did go through those stages. You know, they didn't just drop down out of the sky as teenagers. So yeah. I, I understand that juggle well, and it is a juggle and you, you can't really balance everything, but um, so it's been many years of me working on my productivity and trying to find out what would work and what didn't work and trial and error and what works for me may not work for everyone, but I like throwing those suggestions out there. And if it can help a couple people, then great, you know, it's pass it along. <laughs> pass it along. Well, I think that is a wonderful way to wrap up the interview is to pass it along. I'm going to go ahead and look at the blog post and I will um, connect to a couple specific um, posts in our show notes so people can find you. So for those of you listening, um, lisamgriffin.com, don't forget the M, and that's how you can also find her on Instagram, um, but it's Lisa M. Griffin Art on Instagram. Yes. So we will have all of that in the show notes. Please know that we come out with an episode every Tuesday. And so stay tuned for All the Right Marketing by Cardinal Rule Press to see what creative individual will we have next week. Thank you so much, Lisa. Thank you. Cardinal Rule Press offers a variety of support to authors, booksellers, librarians, and families. Find out more at cardinalrulepress.com.